I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you all so much for listening. This week it is episode 81, and that seems like a big number, 81, and we are talking Banjo-freaking-Kazooie for the Nintendo 64. This is uh, this is one of those one- oh yeah, and the Xbox uh, by the way, which is how I played it. Uh, this is one of those ones I played through for the first time, uh, preparing for an episode of this show. And, uh, and you know what? It was delightful. Absolutely delightful. And I fucking don't like Nintendo 64 games that much. I don't like platformers from that era. I don't really like 3D platformers as a whole, but I liked 99% of this game. And, uh, I'll tell you all about that in about 15 minutes. Uh, quick note, Patreon, uh, the Q and A questions are due, uh, tomorrow. Thursday, January 23rd. If you want to get your questions uh, answered, if you want your topics discussed, if you just want your plug or something read on the Q&A rambling Patreon-exclusive episode of the show, get them in by the end of the day on Thursday. I'll be recording it on Friday the 24th because I'm on the road for comedy all weekend, and it's my only chance to get her done in time for Monday. Uh, I address every single one, so don't hesitate. Reach out to me on the Patreon or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I, I, the only ones I don't answer are the ones I accidentally forget about, and I don't think I've had that yet. At least I'm trying not to. Uh, and I guess there you go. If you would like access to that episode and all the bonus episodes that are in the bank, uh, patreon.com slash rememberthegame, $2 a month there. It's done. Out of the way. I'll shut up about it now. But yeah, deadline is Thursday, so get them in. 
Um, if you don't want to listen to me ramble for a few minutes, and I didn't mention this until after I got that in because I had to get that in, uh, and I'm going to talk about some like gaming and Smash Brothers and stuff like that. Or if you're not interested and you just want to hear about Banjo Kazooie, look in the description box. There will be a timestamp or a comment or something that tells you what time to skip ahead to to just listen to us ramble about uh, Banjo Kazooie. And uh, on that note, thanks to everybody that said they enjoyed the Rock Band episode uh, from last week. We got, boy, (laughs) and it took like no time. We got flagged on YouTube, kind of like I thought we were going to for using uh, copyrighted music. But it was okay. I thought they were going to take it down, and they didn't take it down. They just said uh, I couldn't monetize it. And I don't monetize my YouTube videos anyway, so that didn't really matter to me. Uh, But thanks to everyone that reached out. I was afraid that maybe some people would not like that it wasn't quite modern or retro enough, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And also, uh, based on that episode, thanks to everyone that reached out to tell me that Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed and isn't coming out the same month as the Final Fantasy VII remake anymore. It happened that the the Cyberpunk delay got announced like hours after I uploaded and downloaded and finished the podcast for the week. Uh, but it's nice to see you guys are keeping me honest. So thanks to everyone that was like, "Ah, uh, hey, Cyberpunk's not in the same month," and I would be, I'm like, I'm legitimately. Not sure. I was texting with Andre, one of the guests on the show here all the time about this the other night. Like, I really can't decide if Cyberpunk, like, did it get delayed because it was a a quality thing and they wanted to make it better? Or did it get delayed because it was like, hey, we're going to, this is a big game. Let's stay the fuck out of Final Fantasy's way. I think it's uh, maybe both. I don't know if Final Fantasy hadn't gotten delayed. Does, Does Cyberpunk get delayed? Or maybe they release it and then drop a patch on it later for whatever it is they're playing with. I don't know. All I know is like, that's, to me, the three biggest games coming out, and I may listen. I know this is a very subjective, personal thing, but to me, the three biggest titles coming out in 2020 are The Last of Us Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Cyberpunk 2020 or 2077. I guess there's like Animal Crossing and stuff like. If you've got a game that's not on there, shut up. But that's three of the biggest ones, um, and I wouldn't want to be dropping them in the same month as each other either. Fuck that. I'd be staying the hell away. Particularly Final Fantasy VII. That's the one I'd be staying the fuck out of its way. Like to to me, that's almost, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, that's almost GTA level like headlines. Like I would not want to be anywhere near that fucking game if I had a game coming out right away. So, um, oh yeah, I wanted to touch on this too. A few people have asked about coming on the show. Uh, and I appreciate that very, very much, by the way, like very much. And in the early episodes, I mentioned it regularly that, Hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, please message me. And I know we're getting new listeners who are going back starting from the beginning and checking out new episodes. Um, feel free, like reach out and please don't be offended if I don't bring you on. I just, there's a couple of things. First of all, I've got a pretty deep roster right now of guests that I I feel like I've got decent timing and chemistry with. I think people vastly underestimate how valuable that is on a podcast, having a little bit of chemistry and some timing with your guests. It's just like, otherwise it turns into a really weird, awkward conversation. And this podcast is shitty enough as it is. I don't need an awkward conversation on it. Um, it's still something I'd like to look at down the road. Um, my, one of my biggest roadblocks is that I just simply can't bring everybody on that is asked about coming on the show. So, uh, if you have asked, uh, whether I've replied or not, thank you. Like, seriously, that's really fucking cool. And it's still something I'm interested in looking at. I just, I can't get to everybody. So I'm still not sure what I'm going to do with that. Uh, (laughs) frankly, right now I'm just having enough, hard enough time finding time to sit down and record podcasts with people to begin with. So, um, and there are people I talk to almost daily, a lot of the guests, or weekly anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to address that out there. Please know that like I'm not trying to blow any of you off. I'm not ignoring any of you. I see the requests. I reply to them when I can. It's fucking cool. Keep it up. I just I can't get to everyone, so I'm still figuring it out, okay? I don't know what I'm doing. You guys fucking know that. I don't know what I'm doing. 
Uh, let's talk video games. Nintendo uh, Nintendo announced their next Smash Brothers fighter like a day after I released episode two. I think it came out the same time as the Cyberpunk fucking delay. And uh, it's Byleth from Fire Emblem, the main character from Fire Emblem Three Houses. And uh, <laughs> and I know some of you are pretty fucking mad. I know there's some people that come on this show regularly uh, that are very good friends of mine that are Smash super fans that like Fire Emblem that are still mad that Byleth was the fifth character in that player's pack. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I like it because I love Fire Three Houses. Like, I fucking... God, I love Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, it may, may not have made my uh, Games of the Week or Games of the Decade list, hint, hint, uh, in the Patreon episodes. But having that... Sorry, my phone just beeped at me, and I, I thought it was a very important comedy booker, but it is not. Um, but having said that, I'm curious... Like, I get that there's already too many Fire Emblem characters. I hate that there's so many Fire Emblem characters. I never use them. I know some people use, like, one. But nobody wanted that, right? Like, no... Like, we... A lot of... So many people prepaid for this pack of five fighters. You were excited. And you were thinking maybe it's gonna be, like, Dante or Master Chief or Cuphead or somebody. Somebody that's not just another... Like, the one... Like, the worst thing you could have rolled out was another Fire Emblem character. And I understand... From Nintendo's point of view, hey, like Three Houses is a big game for us. If we put their main character in Smash, maybe it'll help sell some more copies of Fire Emblem or put it back in people's minds because we have some DLC coming out, you know. But just, I don't know if you could have announced a worse character as far as like the backlash from everybody. And I'm very curious to see if it affects people pre-ordering the next pack because they've announced there's going to be another pack of six more fighters going into that game. And, uh, you like people be pre-ordering it and people, a ton of people pre-ordered this pack of five. And so I'm very curious to see, like, if you pre-ordered those five, are you going to hold, uh, hold back on pre-ordering the six till you see at least who the first one is? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I don't order them, so I don't really care. I'm not a huge, I mean, I played probably 40 hours of, of smash. I'm not very good. I kind of drifted away from it. I turn it on occasionally now, so I don't particularly care, but I get why people are worked up, right? I mean, when you look at some of the characters that are still out there that people want in Smash that seem realistic, right? I think Crash Bandicoot would be a phenomenal fit in Smash. I'm not sure why he's not in there yet. Dante from Devil May Cry was the big rumor. That didn't happen. Cuphead, they dropped like a skin from Cuphead in there, but they didn't put him in the game. I still want Dixie Kong, goddammit. You want me to buy your fucking DLC pack? Drop Dixie Kong into Smash, and then I'll buy your DLC pack, maybe. Uh, Waluigi, right? There's still the Waluigi camp out there being loud and adamant that they wanted Waluigi and fucking Smash. So, I mean, I don't know. There's just... You'll never make everyone happy. I just... Like, another Fire Emblem character was just the epitome of the, like, wah-wah, the sad trombone for a Smash reveal, right? Um, what a fucking... What a massive game. Just, like, when you look at the list of characters in that game. Imagine when you were back playing the very first Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64 with, like, eight characters or whatever it is. And imagine being told, like, being shown, like, the character select for Smash Ultimate and just being like, hey, this is where this game will be someday. That's fucking nuts. Like, I, we all talk about it. I know, and I'm, I don't even like talking about it because live for the now, who knows? But, like, how on earth did they top this? I have no idea what they do for the next Smash Brothers game. Do you just constantly keep re releasing Smash Ultimate with, like, new updates? I don't know. Because, uh, man, what a massive game. And speaking of Mass and Gabe, my last rambling topic of the week before I get to what I've been playing, uh, Mario Kart 8. I fired it up for the first time in a little while this past weekend. Nintendo dropped some tourneys, uh, a tournament on Friday, a Saturday, and Sunday where they gave 25 bucks in gold coins to the top eight finishers, uh, which I came nowhere near, fucking not even close, but it was so much fun just playing Smash again, or Smash, 
Mario Kart again. It was it was competitive. It was rad. I fucking love that game. And I want more of that. Like, Nintendo, I know you're listening to this, maybe. Um, no, they're not. Uh, give us more Mario Kart tournaments. Like, it's the most, it's the highest selling game on the Switch. It's it's one of the, it's, it's the attach rate of the Switch to Mario Kart 8 is like, 40 percent or something like everybody owns mario kart 8 give us more tournaments give me more give us dlc god i want more dlc for mario kart 8 if you like these smash ultimate fighters that people are pre-ordering and stuff like that if nintendo came out and was like hey we're dropping eight new tracks and two new racers into mario kart 8 deluxe pre-order it right now i would fucking so quickly i'd be like i'd be fanning out my credit cards it'd be like just take whatever one you want find the one that isn't maxed out and fucking take it please god Anyway, Mario Kart 8's the best. Uh, so that's that's it. That's going to do it for the rambling. I'll take a quick break, plug the wrestling podcast. You guys listen to us about a 30-second ad right now. And then when I get back, I'm going to tell you what I've been playing about, and then, or playing, and then we're going to talk about Banjo-Kazooie, all right? So, yeah. Oh, my gosh! So close! He kicked out! He kicked out! He kicked out! Hey, geeks. I love video games, and I also love pro wrestling. And after hyping it up for about a year and a half now, my new wrestling podcast is here. Wrestling with Wrestling. It looks at the workings of WWE, NXT, AEW, and whatever else I want from the world of the squared circle. Give it a shot. Search for Adam Blank Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WWWrestlingPod. P-O-D. We'll follow you back. Check it out. And thanks to all of you that have checked out Wrestling with Wrestling. It's obviously not got the following Remember the Game does yet, but that's fine. It's uh, it's a growing pains. Growing pains, learning process, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what have I been playing? That's what you guys are wondering, right? Uh, Mario Kart 8, like I said, I played that this weekend for a little while. It was fun. Uh, picked up a few W's, but not nearly enough to win the 25 bucks. But that's fine. I love that game. I've also been playing through Witcher 3 on my Switch. Uh, it's really good. I'm telling you, like, I, I think I gave it a quick plug last week, but like the port's good, man. I, I haven't had any issues with the way it handles. Frankly, I've even played it on my TV a little bit and maybe it's cause I'm just not a graphics guy and I don't really care, but I haven't found it that bad on my TV with my pro controller either. Um, it's, it's, if you want to play that game on the go, it's fucking great. Really, really enjoying it. So I'm just torn cause I want to finish it. Like not hundred percent. It fuck no. I'm not. A, I'm not a freak. Uh, but I want to finish it. It's just so big. Uh, but I also want to go back to three houses. Like I've got one and a half of the houses down of the three. I put like eighty hours into it. The DLC is coming out with a fourth house that I want to play as. And it's. But if I went back to three houses without finishing The Witcher, I'd feel guilty. Does anyone else get that? Where you play an old game with your new game sitting there, and then you feel shitty about it? You know. So. Been playing The Witcher three. Uh, I've also been playing a game on my Sega Classic, prepping for a new episode of the show. Uh, if you go and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Member the Game, you can see what game it is, and uh, expect an episode on that in the next uh, couple of months. And I started playing Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night on my Xbox One on Game Pass. Uh, thanks to so many of you that recommended it, two people that uh, popped out in my mind are my pal Nick and Josh uh, from Press Start to Join, and it is fucking great. Really digging it, man. It's I can see some minor faults. Um, 
but I'm really enjoying it. If you like old school, like Castlevania, Metroidvanias type, like Symphony of the Night type games, uh, fucking great stuff. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. So that's what I've been playing. Good enough. I've been rambling for a while. Let's talk Banjo-Kazooie. Um, I didn't play this game as a kid. Uh, so here's the crazy thing about Banjo-Kazooie and why it's such a perfect fit for this podcast. I did not play this game as a kid. And I still got overwhelmed with like nostalgic like vibes playing it do you know what i'm saying like the graphics the music the gameplay everything it just screams late 90s like just fucking screams that era of gaming right they're in smash now deservedly so everyone that i know that's into smash and bought the dlc says they were absolutely the highlight of the first pack which is dope uh, my buddy and Banjo-Kazooie super fan Mark McHugh is back on the show this week. I'm going to cue some adorable music. And we are going to talk about Banjo-Kazooie, which originally released on the Nintendo 64 on June 29th, 1998. Just in time for all of you geeks to stay in all summer and play an adventure with a bear and a bird and a mole and a witch and another bear and all the other things. You'll find out about it right now. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Let's talk Banjo-Kazooie, you guys. Here we go. Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is, hey, lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating, which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of Crash Plan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com slash RTG. Crash Plan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, Crash Plan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around, and they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's that's pretty sweet and not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work they can back up unlimited versions of your work so it's like a rewind button realize you screwed something up an hour ago just rewind an hour go find an old version of it and you're just like that you're done you're back to the races it's awesome time is money don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. So I'm trying to shift into a good mood because uh, we're, this is our second episode of the afternoon and the first episode we just recorded. I don't know when it'll be going live, uh, but it was. I got pretty angry. It was a pretty bad fucking game we just talked about. There's some issues here. Uh, oh, I There's hate some it. real rage so, inside like, you, man. I know. And you know what really sucks, Mark, is the game we're talking about today 
is really, really fun and nice and this happy. Is, this is a great rage killer. Actually. And I'm trying so hard to like, I'm looking at the box art right now on my computer and it's so bright and colorful and you're a good guy and I'm in a good mood now and I'm just trying to be like, let's just be happy and just hum and no more anger. Uh, as you can tell from the intro and the guy talking already and everything, my guest this week is Mark McHugh. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here talking about this. This is one of my favorite games of yeah, all time. This is, I have to, I know I say this probably every two or three weeks this has to be one of the most popular games we haven't talked about on the show yet uh and we're talking obviously banjo kazooie for the nintendo 64 and the xbox 360 i know it's nintendo 64 but, but i didn't like, play it till okay xbox. i'm just gonna say if you have it on the 360 there is zero reason to go play back and play it on the n64 right okay and that's something that i wanted to get into because I, I i know you said that like you still played on the nintendo like you still have your 64 i still have my 64 but like ever since having my xbox i i would never play this on the n64 again right okay um and like and i didn't start i only started i I started it on my xbox 360 never finished it and then recently finished it on my xbox one uh on your recommendation mm-hmm. uh, that's how high of esteem i hold you in i was like mark what do i need to play and you were like banjo kazooie so we can do an episode of the show about it and i was like you know what fine and i i went into it not expecting to like it very much because as i've documented it's, on so this show old, it's an older platformer yeah and sometimes it is sometimes they like Sometimes games that people loved as kids that have like such high regard don't hold up that well. No, and and it, and it's, I've I've documented very well documented on this show. I'm not a big 3D platformer guy. I'm not a big 64 era platformer guy. Mario 64 is meh, and I don't give a fuck what you say. Episode 50, you can go back and listen. I gave it more credit than it probably deserved. But episode, but Mario 64, I'm like meh. Ocarina of Time doesn't really do it for me. I'm not big into these games. But I was like, fine, Mark, if it'll shut you up. Because you've been asking me to do this one pretty much since the show since started. The beginning, yeah. Every single time you and I are like talking about doing an episode or a recording session, I'm like, what games do you want to talk about? And you're like, have you played Banjo-Kazooie yet? I'm like, no, god damn it. I have not played Banjo-Kazooie yet. So I finally played it and uh, charmed. I fucking... It's I, an incredible game, this right? This game, spoiler alert, this game is going to get an incredibly high score at the end of the uh, I, reviews. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it there was only one or two instances where i lost my patience there's a few there's a few challenges there's a few like there's a few levels that can kind of like rusty bucket bay can go suck a dick yeah uh but overall like this game like if you're playing it and you're familiar with mario 64 you'll be like man this is a blatant rip off of mario 64 and it is but everything that mario 64 does this game does it a hundred times better yep 100 i'm telling you right now listen here's a fucking here's a hot take for you this is just an infinitely better game like mario 64 is this game's bitch easily Uh, now having said that having said that as much as i'm not a mario 64 fan uh, I mean, that game deserves all the accolades it gets in the sense of like, hey, this was Nintendo being like, here's how you make a 3D platformer. And the entire industry was like, oh. Well, and like at the time they were working on a, like Bubsy was working on a 3D platformer. Right. That's and right. if you've seen the final version of that, you're like, oh, you we, can, there are so many wrong ways to make a 3D we, platformer. Mark my words, there's going to be an episode of this show about Bubsy at some point. Like the very first one was a good fucking game. Bubsy takes so much shit. We're not. I'm not going to get on a huge tirade. We're talking Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> but listen, Bubsy takes a lot of shit in the gaming industry. They just released a new Bubsy game, and it was on sale like the day it came out. I guess and it no wasn't one, great. Of course it wasn't. And Bubsy 3D sucked. And actually, I owned Bubsy 2 as a kid, and that game kind of fucking sucked too. 
but the original Bubsy close enco- claws encounters of the fur kind. I hate it already. No, the original Bubsy was a goddamn good game, and someday it's going to get an episode of the show. And you know what? It's going to get a high fucking score too, because that game was fun. And people that shit on Bubsy all the time need to cut that cat a little bit of slack because he's a lot cooler than fucking. Oh, I almost said Crash, but. I kind of like tough. I That's like tough. Crash Bandicoot. I, Bubsy might be cooler. Bubsy's like a a cat Sonic. He's fucking cool, and he can <laughs> glide. And the, anyway, well, uh, this isn't Bubsy. We're talking so we're talking Banjo Kazooie. The point I'm trying to make is that 3D platformers were new, and Nintendo kind of figured them out with Mario 64. Mm-hmm. And then other companies kind of played with it and were like, "Hey, I could we could probably do that. We could it's like, do oh, that. that's how you do that. That's the and, standard that they set." And I'm telling you right now, uh, Donkey Kong like as rare did Donkey Kong 64 as well. I, and I, I was never a huge fan. Uh, no, Donkey Kong 64 isn't that good. Listen, I know I've had people message me on Instagram being like, when are you going to cover Donkey Kong 64? Uh, <laughs> trust me, if you like that game, I don't think you ever want me to fucking cover it because it's not going <laughs> to end well for you. Um, but Rare deserves a mountain of credit because they fucking destroyed it with Banjo-Kazooie. They took 3D platforming. This is, they, this is their best game. Uh, well, Perfect Dark? Hmm. That's tough. Potato, potato. Yeah. All right. But no, it is. It's damn good. So, okay. So if you've never played it, I know. What are we at here? Fucking five and a half minutes. And I've basically talked Bubsy for five and a half. (laughs) Um, If you've never played Banjo-Kazooie, here's your your story. Uh, Banjo is a bear that always wears a backpack that for some reason contains a bird named Kazooie, yeah. his best friend. It never really explains why they're friends, no. why like I, why do, they have this symbiotic relationship. I, I true, like, all right, go yeah. with it. They're just like, no, he just lives in there. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing is I never realized, literally I didn't realize until I played the game this time that Kazooie's a girl. Oh, really? I thought they were just a, like a pair of buds, like they're just, just two guys. But uh, no, Banjo is a bear and Kazooie is a girl. They're yeah, they're still buddies. A boy and a girl can be buddies. There's a little sexual tension, but not a ton. Dude, I hope um, not. So the bird lives in the bear's backpack. And the bear has a little sister, this adorable little sister. Uh, fuck is her name? Tootie. Tootie. Uh, <laughs> Tootie. And this is where it gets weird. No, no. It, okay, well, why? Why does it get weird? Because it gets weird because the witch kidnaps her because a smoking cauldron told the witch that Tootie was the hottest in all the land. Right. Okay, okay, fair enough. Because I was going to say, the witch to me is the best part of this game. The witch is a great character. So the witch's name is Grunt- Gruntilda? Gruntilda. Gruntilda. And you're right. So basically, Gruntilda, uh, Gruntilda's talking cauldron is like, you're ugly, but this little bear, and I have to assume this bear is like nine or ten. Yeah. Tootie's like a little girl, is the is the most beautiful thing on the planet. Uh, and so then the witch is like, well, then I'll go kidnap the little bear and put her in my... And steal her hotness. And steal her hotness. And she's like, and then I'll be... I think she even says that at one point. She's like, and then I'll be hot. Well, and that's what happens anytime you game... That's what I... Another thing I like so much about this game is when you game over, it shows you the consequence of losing. Yeah, and then... And to her credit, like, the witch... Like, the thing is, is like, you'd think the witch would come out as, like, a little girl. Like, a cute little girl. But no, the the witch comes out like a fucking... Like... Swimsuit model. Like, just a smoke show. And then Tootie's over there like just this ugly like yeah just a gross monster bear yeah so so basically the witch kidnaps tootie to try to make herself hot and then you control banjo kazooie i want to call them banjo kazooie Mm -hmm. you control banjo and kazooie and your goal is to go out and basically save tootie yeah and so it's very uh collectathon-y 
Like a lot, but you know oh, what? Yeah. Here's what I liked about this game, though, because I traditionally don't enjoy collectathon games. Like that's my big beef with Donkey Kong 64. Mm-hmm. Here's your spoiler: is it's too much collecting, and like even in modern games, like people, uh, Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, that game like was universally praised and it was rad. Mm-hmm. But like it was so much collecting. Like here, go get all these backpacks and go get all these things, and and like. I, I'm like, okay, like once I'm done, the like I fought the boss, I'm like, I don't want to go collect and collect and collect. Uh, this game was just the right amount yes. of collecting, you know, because it followed that standard form. Because like in every level, you have to collect 100 musical notes. Mm-hmm. You have and to collect five little bird things. Uh, 10 jigsaw pieces. Uh, yeah, j- j- puzzle pieces, uh, which are the like the main focus of the game. Mm-hmm. Because as you go into like... So you go into like the witch's castle, I guess, hideout. The notes are also really like the notes. Like what I like so much about is the things that you collect have function. Mm-hmm. They have a meaningful. And each time you get one, you feel like you've made real progress in the game. Trillion percent. You know what it felt like? It felt like a prehistoric Mario Odyssey. Yes. Um, yes and that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. Cause like what I, like what yeah. I love about, so one of my problems with Mario 64 is that you can't go into a level and just collect as many stars as you want. No, you have you, to go get the star. A you're star after. based on the hint that's there, right? Whereas Banjo Kazooie, you go into a level and like you literally like in the first three seconds during that level, you could go into first person mode to look around and see half a dozen of the 10, 12, whatever. Yeah, I think it's 10 per level, right? Yeah. You see a half a dozen of the 10 puzzle pieces just floating in various places or musical notes just floating in the various places and you're like you just have to figure out how to go get them yeah but the level never changes you don't have to go in and out of the level to fucking make a different mission to go get a different puzzle piece and i love that concept where i go into a level and then i see a puzzle piece up on top of this hill and i'm like okay i gotta figure out how the fuck to get up there you know what i mean like i know there's a pu- i'm gonna mm-hmm. go up there and get that one but on your way there you might fall into a hole and end up in a cave where there's another puzzle piece and I love, like, to me, if you're going to make a collecting game, that's how you do it. Just put all the shit out there and you so go you, find you, all you of it. So you go find it and it's like you're now exploring a space instead of, like, Mario 64 was like, oh, go to this specific point. Right. Whereas, like, Banjo-Kazooie was like, go get all the stuff. Go get it. Yeah. So so you go into you go into the Gruntilda's, like, uh-huh. castle and then... Uh, in, a, in, a, in an incredibly similar Mario 64 fashion. It's Mario 64, but better. Each level is represented by like a picture. Yeah. Uh, but the picture is missing pieces. And so you have to collect enough puzzle pieces to go put them all into the picture to complete the picture. And then when you complete the picture, you don't jump into the photo. It opens up somewhere else in like the main world. It opens world. up the world, yeah. And then you go into that and now you're into the level, right? Mm-hmm. Which is classic. I don't feel like that's changed even by today's standards, but especially back in those days, like to, uh, Gruntilda's mountain was princess's castle in mario 64 yeah and then you had to find the worlds and then go into the worlds and then you go and collect your stuff um but i feel like i feel like mario 64 did it incredibly so like they were the first so it's unfair to compare them directly yeah it but is. like mario 64 they were the first they set the standard banjo kazooie came along and did it better yeah infinitely better just like dude i love like even just and you and i were texting about it while i was playing through the game uh gruntilda's i don't know what the word she was is. a constant presence in the game she's fucking hilarious yeah so she's always popping up everything she says is in a stupid rhyme and that's the she, thing this game is funny it is funny like she chirps you fucking hard and some of her chirps are hilarious mm-hmm. like here comes the stupid bear or uh 
you know, I don't even care. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I can't yeah. think of any of them, but like her, her constantly popping up and beaking you is fucking hilarious. And when you go into each level, at least for most of the levels, the there's new moves you can learn. Mm-hmm. And they every game has to have that tutorial character that shows up and tells you bottles. how to do stuff. And in this case, they have Bottles, who is a mole who is very similar to Bubbles. from Because like, he's got those giant glasses yeah, yeah. and he can't see. And him and Kazooie just hate each other. Right off the hop, they fucking beak at each other. Every time he's like, hey, bird brain, try doing like, this. Hey, yeah, or and like... Then, and then and then Kazooie will be like, yeah, you got it. Yeah, fuck you and your glasses. Four eyes. And- yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they despise each other. But learning every move is... Fu- I legitimately look forward to finding the little mountain hills to learn new moves. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear... You're like, oh, what's coming next? I wanted to hear the bird and the mole beak at each other. And the whole time, <laughs> Banjo the, the bear is just kind of like, oh, guys, I want to go. Like, can't <laughs> we just be friends? Yeah. Like, it's really it's really funny. Like, listening to... like the, like re- Listening. Like, reading them all beaking each other is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And and that breaks up the game itself, which is a lot of fun. Gruntilda's main hub castle in its own is very entertaining. It's very dense. It's very like there's a lot of like there's a lot of like hidden corners. There's yeah. like, a lot of hidden stuff. There's ten puzzle pieces throughout the like throughout the castle itself you have to find. Yep, that's right. And each one has like a there's like a hidden block in each level that you have to hit and it unlocks like a new puzzle piece in like the hub world. Yeah, and but whenever you hit that block, it'll like so you, there's like a block in every world, like a switch with like Rantilda's face on mm-hmm. it. And if you slam it, then it like it cuts to like a clip of her castle mm-hmm. or like the main hub world and it shows something happening, but it doesn't tell you where it is or necessarily what exactly it does. It just shows you something happened. And how and- you have to figure out how to get it. And then when you get out, now you got to go figure out, yeah, how to use whatever just opened up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're constantly learning new moves. And as you learn new moves, you realize, like, one of the first moves you learn is that uh, if you, I think it's if you hold both triggers or something, uh, Kazooie will take charge. Yeah. And she'll run on her bird feet with Banjo Dude, on her back. I don't, did you play most of the game like that? Yeah, I yeah, did. Me yeah. too. Uh, and then she can run up really steep hills that, like, Banjo can't walk And she runs twice up. as fast. And she, yeah, it just speeds the game up. Um, but you know what, when that first happened right away, I was like, oh, now I know how to get that puzzle piece from the beginning of the game. You know, like when you first walk in, there's a puzzle piece on top of a thing. And, uh, you know what I realized after playing it, this game is almost like a prehistoric Metroidvania. It it is. Um, as you learn new moves. It's a 3D Metroidvania. It is. Yeah. And like, they're one of my absolute favorite genres because I love the concept of getting a new move and instantly you're like, oh, now this, this, a, and this, and this. But it's not as intense as like, oh, like there are a few instances where you'll find a move and then you'll be like, oh, now I can go back to this level yeah, yeah, and get yeah. that. But there's not a ton of it. There's not a ton of it, but it's there. Yeah. You know what I, And I just, I've always loved that mechanic there's so like much. There's like the crocodile challenge. Did you, have, do you ever do it? Did you do that? Which one's that? The crocodile where you go into like the giant crocodile. Oh yeah, and you got to eat the mm-hmm. the fucking. But little... you can't do it without like the magic speed shoes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, and so that's the kind of stuff like you'll see little like you'll see little icons. You'll see these like there's discs that um, Kazooie can get on that she'll like spring jump really high mm-hmm. up in the air. But until you get that move, you see these discs. 
And you're like, what the fuck does that do? You're like, I know that does something. I just don't know what yet. And you know, Or until you get the ability to fly or the speed shoes mm-hmm. or like that kind of stuff. And every corner of this game, every single level of this game is wildly creative. It is. Like I, they've really gone out of their way to make something interesting. Like there's not a ton of dead space in this game. No, I never found myself bored. Yeah. Like, you're never like, why? Like there's always something to find. Even in the winter world. And I traditionally, even in my beloved Mario game, I traditionally despise me winter too. levels. I love Freeze Easy P. Yeah, I thought it was I a lot of fun. Mu- I love the music. And that's another thing about this game. We were talking about this the last episode. I love a good soundtrack in a game. Yeah, this game's got a fucking this, a great soundtrack. It's well, it's Grant it's Grant Kirkhope, and it's like it's consi- I think it's considered by a lot to be like his best soundtrack. I'd believe that. It was it's got like it has like the cool thing about it is as you approach like the, you have like the main theme of the Catholic do 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 and as you approach different levels, the music changes to a different style. That's right. Yeah, you're right. It does do that. So like you'll go to like the beach level and then suddenly like it's an accordion playing it and it's like a John like it's a she sea shanty. Yeah. Or they'll you'll get to like the snowy level and then suddenly it's played like it sounds like a winter song. Right. Yeah, I never thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, you can hear yeah. the music as you get closer to the level and stuff. And like, like each that. level, and then like, there's a level in this game that I think it's like it's absolutely genius. It blows anything that any Mario level is. I think I know what level you're talking about. Are we talking about Click Clock Wood? Is that the one where it's Four Seasons? Four Seasons, yeah. yes. So just okay. So just quit. Like I, I just want to touch on. So like, the, what I love is you have to find the levels as you go. Yeah, there's, it's not linear. You've literally got to go. At times, you have to go looking for them. Like remembering how to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Traverse Gruntilda's hideout is part of the game. You know, by the end of it, you had to remember like, okay, what level, like how the fuck do I get all the way back to that level I was in? Cause there's little warp cauldrons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's the basic levels where you're just out in the woods. There's levels where you're uh, at the beach. There's levels where you're fucking in water, the, oh, which I'll get into. I do have one bad and we'll get to okay, that. Okay. We'll get to the water. Uh, there's yeah. a winter level, which doesn't suck like most winter levels, but there is one level. what do you say it's called? Uh, a rusty bucket bay no no the good one the forest uh, clanker's one. cavern no no the well, you, the four seasons oh the uh that we were just talking wood, about. yes okay so this one you you literally go into like the level and then usually like you go into like a cave and it does the like you and then like the and it like zooms in and zooms out or whatever mm-hmm. uh and you're standing in like the center of like a forest and then you see that like to the left right up and down or whatever like to the four directions mm-hmm. uh there's the four seasons and originally, you can only get into one season, which I mm-hmm. believe is spring. I think, yeah, you start with spring. So you go in, and there's this huge tree in the middle of the level, and then water around the outside and stuff like that. And I remember going in there and not being able to figure out how to get to some of these puzzle pieces. And like, because there's a great aspect of puzzle solving to this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and none of them are super challenging, but there's they're there. But even when you get, like, it always, it still feels like an accomplishment, even totally when it's does. not like... Yeah. yeah, totally does. Yeah. So then... You like you you do some stuff in the spring level, and eventually you hit a switch, and then it opens up the the fall level. Mm-hmm. So then you go to the fall level, and that's when it clicked into me that like this is the exact same level, but at a different season, but at a different time. So things you did in that in the spring have changed what it looks like in the summer. Yeah, like so the water will be higher or lower at the bottom of the level. There's a beehive mm-hmm. up at the top that like in the winter part is is like dead mm-hmm. and in the summer part it's full and like uh 
what a fucking ingenious i was blown away at the creativity and the ingeniousness of the level like in blown away brilliant fucking brilliant it's and you have to like there's a bird like you at the beginning of the level you find a baby bird at the top of the tree oh yeah and, and then by the end of the four seasons, it's like a feed him caterpillars in the end. Then at the, you feed in spring, you find him. And then like in summer, you have to feed him caterpillars. And then in uh, autumn, you have to feed him even more caterpillars. And then in winter, you have like, you have to climb that tree four times to get to this bird. Yeah. And, and even the climbing the tree, it's different every time it, and because it, there's also like a house being built at the top of this tree. That's right. Yeah. And it like, Requi- like in some of the seasons there's full grown leaves you can jump off mm-hmm. of but in other seasons there's no leaves they're just tiny little stubs in the fall there's like piles of leaves yeah. that like you can climb up and climbing it and like and this isn't the only level that does this this is just the best example of it like the 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 traversing of the level really calls upon like all like there's not really any moves that you learn that you only use like once and you never use it again mm-hmm. it'll be like okay well at this point you clearly have to use your high jump to get up there but then it's like for the next part you've got to let Kazooie run up this like steep hill. Mm-hmm. Then on the next part you've got to use Kazooie's like fly thing to get across this. You know what? I, like they did a fucking such a great job of just constantly switching up the platforming where you're not just doing the same thing over and over exactly, and over yeah. again. Exactly. Yeah. Constantly. And it just the 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 creativity between hiding some of the some of the puzzle pieces are so easy to find and then some of them you have to go through fucking hoops and hoops and hoops to get to and then when you find them you get it you're like well that was very satisfying or some of them yeah you have to find like the jinjos oh yeah that that fucking weird fucking i don't even know there's a politically correct term for him I don't know. Um, there was a politically incorrect term. I don't know. For him. Like he's just he's got like he's like the like he's got like the skeleton mask. Oh, he, mumbo jumbo. That's mumbo jumbo. He's yeah. Like what are you, oh, you're thinking of those five little guys. Yeah, the five little yeah, guys yeah. you have to find. Okay, that yeah. All are in clever places. Oh fuck! I so there's okay. So we'll do your part first. Yeah. So what do you say they're called? The Jinjos. The Jinjos. And every level there's they're each a different color. They're like they're they're bright colors. They look mm-hmm. like the Power Rangers. Like they're five bright colors. And they're all like and they're like. They're hidden in sort like in they're hidden in such a clever way yeah. that like you have to find e five of them and then you get a tr- uh, puzzle, a puzzle piece, piece in each one. Yeah, but what I like about it is you can hear them when they're close. Mm-hmm. You'll hear them being like, help. "Yeah, help!" And like I think they whistle, mm-hmm. and you can hear them. But then like so you'll stop. You'll stop and you'll be like, "Well, you'll have to look around." Yeah, and, yeah. Like, suddenly you'll have to like re you have to re you have to f- you have to know your surroundings well enough to know. That's coming from over there. Yeah. That's how I get up there. Sometimes they're like, they'll be like behind a chimney on like mm-hmm. a cabin. Or, or like be... there's one in like, there's, or there's like some that are like, no, there's a puzzle piece. Do you remember in the snow level, there's a puzzle piece in that giant snowman's pipe? Yeah. Yeah. And there's one like on his, there's like a Jinjo hiding on his broom and everything. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, they're, they're a highlight like, to go looking the for. The things that are hidden in this game are just hidden in such like clever little corners yeah i literally once i started saying it i was like it is it is it feels like playing the nintendo 64 mario odyssey it is like i loved it that that much uh and i the one thing i have to say about this game is how well it ties it together at the end now this is a part that you didn't particularly like okay Okay, so there's yeah, there's two things I didn't like, and that's the second thing. Okay. So we're gonna get into that in two seconds. I just quickly wanted to touch on that. What's that guy's name? Mumbo Jumbo. Mumbo Jumbo. And so he's on in every level, but he's in a few different levels. He lives in this like little hut that's shaped like a skull, and you collect these little crystal skull heads, 
and then you can go find him, and then in exchange for so many crystal heads, you can go see him, and he'll transform you into an animal. Yeah, and that's the other cool thing is like you can do, you can be like a crocodile. You can yeah, he'll make like, you, he makes like a crocodile. He makes you a termite. He makes you a bee. A pumpkin at one point. Yeah, that's right. The pumpkin. And then you can go and like, again, while you're traversing this level, you'll see stuff and be like, well, how the fuck do I get in there? And then you, then you find Mambo Jumbo's hut and he'll turn you into something. And then you realize like, oh, now I can get into there with like, when you said the crocodile head, Mm -hmm. you can't get inside of him. But once you turn into the little baby crocodile, you can go through his nose and get into the crocodile head. Um, Just like. None of it feel to me. None of it felt like a chore. Like it was just like every time I got a new power or I found Mumbo and I could turn into an animal or anything, I was excited to go right back out into the world and redo the whole well, thing, you but with re- this new power because you can now explore the world again, but in a different way. And that's how they made the game feel so dense in such a tiny space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because none of the levels are overly big. No, not really. If, like a few of them are st- like that that tree one. And the winter one, a couple of them are stacked pretty high, mm-hmm. but like the the footprint of them is not that big at yeah. all. But they just found a way to just cram all these little things as in. much as they could. And into I this, and I like go, levels. yeah, and I like like when you go into a world, it's almost like a, like it's almost like going into a playground and like over there's the slide and you know you get to do something with the slide mm-hmm. and over here's the swings and they're different than the slide and over here is the merry-go-round thing and when you go into these worlds, you see like. The winter world, you see this giant snowman, but then you also see Mumbo Jumbo's cabin over in the other corner. Then but then also you also see, see a like, giant Christmas tree. Yeah, like and, it, the gi- and you're like, you know that there's you're gonna have to do something with all of it. And this. it's exciting to be like, okay, well they're all gonna be different, but they're all kind of the same. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just it's so ingenious. So and then uh, one of the things is there's not really a boss fights, if I'm um, not mistaken. There's a little like they're boss ish fights, like. Like there are definitely things like there's like the giant crab you have to hit oh, him in the I face fuck. three times, there's or like, like that giant, giant gorilla, monkey, gorilla, yeah. yeah. But like not like there's not like end of the level like settle in boss fight time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, they're just like little like, mini boss fight kind yeah. of things. But so, that said, I feel like this game has one of the best final boss fights of all time. Okay, so okay, so you had told me that. Okay, and I guess spoilers. I mean, no. it's a fucking. 28 or 22 year old game uh spoilers uh you you had been hyping up to me that like hey the final boss fight in this game is so sick and i was like oh i can't wait because i was like it's gruntilda i hope she's chirping you the whole time like this is gonna be so fun and then you finally get to her and and you have to come very very close to 100 in this game just to finish it yeah because you need so many you might as well just get everything right like you need so many puzzle pieces to get to the end it's like i think you need 94 out of 100 i was surprised that they made it that close to 100 it like i was like like, like on why most, not just go all the way yeah or just like most mario games you either need to do like 65 70 percent mm-hmm. or you can 100 it this one it was like hey you get to 94 95 you're good this show is sponsored by better help look we all need somebody your spouse your friends your family lean on me when you're not strong i hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. 
I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider BetterHelp. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Uh, which is so weird to me. But anyway, so I get to the final boss fight. But I do like that that means, like, as a kid, like, I would, you know, you'd see, like, how much you would need to get to the next totally. level. So yeah. you'd do a few and you'd be like, oh. I can just go to the next level. Yeah. And when you did, when you started hitting those walls, it made you go back and re-explore those spaces. Yeah. That's it. Like you need five more puzzle pieces. So then yeah. you, and I love, listen, and this, no game developers listen to this or, well, maybe one or two, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you're making a collectathon game and you have to like, like when I hit pause, show me how many of that thing are in the level. Mm-hmm. Please do that. I fucking hate it when I don't know how many more there is. At any point you can hit pause and go to the like, any level you want, including Gruntilda's like hub, hub and be like, it'll show you how many puzzle pieces out of how many puzzle pieces, yeah. music notes out of music notes. Oh, that makes it just, I don't know why that's such a big deal to me, but I, I'm just like, okay, I need four more puzzle pieces in the winter world. Mm-hmm. It's not me trying to remember. It would have like, been hell oh, if you were like, I need four more puzzle pieces. Where the where fuck did, did I, I not leave them? Yeah. Oh, that would suck. So this like, yeah, so they do that. Great. But that said, the one thing that did annoy me about Mario Odyssey is like you would get like five puzzle pieces and go to the next world. And then at no point until the end game did your uh, or not puzzle pieces, you get five moons and go to the next world. Yeah. At no point did your accumulated moons mean anything until the post game. Yeah, you're right about that. Um like I would have loved if there was a, just a bit more of a barrier that made you want to go back and re-explore those levels. Yeah, I can get behind before that. Before the credits. Still a fucking great game. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you get to the final boss fight. And you're hyping and hyping and hyping I've this been, up. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know spoilers. I've avoided everything. I get into this, like, I go through, like, the final, like, warp thing into the final, like, level. Uh, and it's like a, it, it's like a giant board game. Yeah. Over lava. And you can take any path through this board game you want and eat, but you have to go on every single space that the path you take. Mm -hmm. And each space is like trivia questions or little challenges. Like I guess the crocodile, we got to eat those little things. The the cool thing is like throughout the game, you'll come across Gruntilda's sister a whole bunch. Who's like a really nice, happy angel. She's like a good witch. Yeah. And And she she keeps telling you like facts about her stupid sister. And Mm -hmm. you're like, why are you telling me this? And there's so many times when you will like throughout this board game where the witch will start asking you like, Hey, uh, what band did I play in in high school? Right, and or you, like what and, color is my underwear? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and it was, and they were all things that her sister would have told you during mm-hmm. the game. Uh, fucking genius! And so every time you get one wrong, you lose a, a health. Yeah, and you just have to make it to the end of the board game. 
like yeah. that and that that's all and so and i thought that was so fucking clever it's that's so a, cool it is it's really cool I, the way they did it i loved it i wish it had been longer like i really liked it um so i finally get to the end of this board game and then uh gruntilda runs off through this cave and you get 2d mm-hmm. uh and you're and then you're it's you're done and the credits and, roll then the credits roll and then you go on like a vacation and banjo and kazooie and 2d and everyone are laying on the beach drinking and admittedly guys at this point i turned the game off I was like, well, that was pretty fucking rad. I turned it off. I know there's a sequel, Banjo Tooie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, it makes perfect sense. Gruntilda got away. She'll obviously be back. Like, that was a fucking phenomenal experience. And I've been in a hurry to finish it because I just got my hands on the new Xbox One. I had a ton of stuff I wanted to play. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I had had a lot of fun with it, but I was like, okay, perfect. Like, it's done. You know good. what I mean? I'm like, that's one one thing on my to do list. Let's get on to the next game. So you texted I, me about I, it. I text too. Mark and I was like, dude, that fucking board game thing was rad. And then you said something like, well, like, "Well, did you did you beat the witch?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Because this is when I learned that Adam is the type of person that turns like because I know my whole life I play a game and I will watch the ending because it's like I've worked for this. This is the whole point of the game was leading up to this, and then the credits will happen, and I'll always watch to see what happens after the credits. And then after, but like after the credits in this game, there's a scene where like Tootie is just like, you know, they're having a barbecue, they're chilling out and Tootie's like, what are you doing? The witch got away. Go, go, go back and fight her. And then there's like, you know, just like, you know, intense music starts up and then Banjo goes running and now you have to go fight the witch. So I just found the conversation Mark and I had (laughs) where I fucking finished this game. So I text Mark, I just finished Banjo-Kazooie. That was pretty solid. That final boss fight board game thing was awesome. So then Mark goes, oh, so that's not the end. And then me, what? Fuck, God damn it. Okay, I'll fire my <laughs> file back up. Uh, I'll, fire my, I'll fire my file back up, but whatever is after that had better be good because I'm satisfied and ready to move on. And then you're like, yeah, at the end of the credits, Tootie's like, you got the witch, right? And I said, oh, I fucking skipped the credits. And you're like, now you have to go fight the witch. And it's a great fight. It is a great fight. And then I was like, okay, well, I hit a button and it skipped the credits. It brought me right back to the file select screen, which made me think the game was over and I could click my file and go back to the board game fight. So I was like, if I have to go through this goddamn board game fight again, I'm going to be so mad. How the fuck did it not give me an option to just skip? Or how the fuck did it give me an option to skip all that? Fuck you. This game just lost two points. I'm (laughs) back at the start. I'll go to the board game part. But if I have to go through it again, I'm looking the ending up online. What in the holy fuck? Anyway, so then you were like, you don't have to do the board game again. So then I got there and I was like, okay, cool. Let me run across the board game. Awesome. So now I'm assuming I run to the right, go through the cave that she just took off through, and then it'll load up the final fight. That's what I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't 100% the game. I got enough to get there with a little bit extra and I was done. I go through. Uh, Now let me just see here. Oh, and now it turns out to get to the fucking fight where I have to fight Gruntilda... I was 25 music notes and about five puzzle pieces short. Oh, no. And so I'm ready to finish the fucking game. And now I have to go back into stupid Rusty Bucket Bay or whatever the fuck it's called. The worst level in the game where it's this boat 
in this toxic water. I yeah, fucking hated annoying, that level. It's an annoying level. And it's that, filled with like stupid, like it's filled with challenges that'll kill you instantly. Yeah. And so I had to go back there and fucking go after like four more puzzle pieces. So I had enough to go to the, and I was just fuming because I was like, I just want to move on to something else. Motherfucker. You hyped up this great boss fight and I didn't realize I have to go do more fucking work to go back well, and do that's all this. Why I remember when you started playing, I was like, you need to almost 100% this game to finish it. So you might as well 100% it. Fuck. So then what did I say to you here? So so we'll get into the witch fight in a second. Okay. But I was like, when I did finally beat the witch fight, I said, uh, I beat your goddamn witch. <laughs> if I forgot something like Kazooie's second cousin needs you to go to the grocery store for her, well, that's too goddamn bad. <laughs> so mad. But no, it was fun. Um, so yeah, so so eventually, once you've got enough stuff to go up and fight the witch, then you go up to the top of this the, the mountain or castle, whatever the fuck it is, and you fight the witch. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about that boss fight, which you had hyped up to me, is that you really need to call on like every move you learn during the game. in the game you have to do. Uh, like from Kazooie shooting eggs so to the flying to the high jumps. Like You need all of your moves. You need to like um, use the golden feathers to block that's her right. unblockable attack. That's right. Like everything, like in very like so it'll be like right now you gotta do their high jump, and then it's like mm-hmm. boom, now you gotta fly, now you gotta shoot eggs, do your block. Well, and the cool thing is you've been collecting the you've been saving the Jinjos throughout the whole game. This was they, the greatest part. And they come up right at the end, and yeah. you have to like they're all in like a cement block that has like a thing you can shoot eggs into. Yeah. And you have to unlock all of them, and each one gets a hit on her. Yeah. And then there's a big one that comes out of the ground, and you he has like four like he, there's like four holes that you have to plug. Yeah. In or and then once you unlock that, that's the end of the fight. But while you're doing this, she's just firing off yeah. every spell she knows. So, so you need to like really time. Oh, I'm gonna shoot eggs. Block. Shoot eggs. Block. Yeah. Collect some more golden feathers. Collect some more eggs. Block. Yeah, well, it's, it's so cool. Like, I love stuff where they call back on people you saved to come out and help you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, the whole boss fight, the fucking, the witch is just hammering you. And you're just trying to break out these little, those five little colored guys out of these statues. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, every time you break one out, they hit her, and then she starts hammering you harder, and then fucking harder and harder. And then finally, when you save the fifth one, like, there are all these, this big giant fucking thing, and it, like, takes out the witch. And I thought that was just, I really enjoyed that boss fight. Because I'll be honest with you, as much as I love gaming... Sometimes the final boss fights in so, games. Well, like I think that if we're going to make a direct comparison, if we're thinking like Mario sixty four, what is the final boss fight? You grab him by his tail, you swing him around a few times. Right, like a final boss fight can they can either be a letdown or I find that like they can be this ridiculous difficulty spike that just becomes not fun. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And this one was it was difficult, which I'm fine with. Like it, to me, the final boss should be the hardest part of the game, but don't make it stupidly hard yeah and i thought that she was just the right i think it took me two tries two or three just the right level of difficulty very Mm -hmm. satisfying i didn't feel rusty i had to call up on all my skills you know what i mean like it fucking great great boss fight i just i was just so angry that i thought i was there the end of this game is nearly flawless except for the fact that they randomly throw the credits in and i don't get why like it's not even that it's not even that but it just was like so if you hit the skip the credits like i did um, it, it just literally just takes you back to file select, which most games do. And then you're just assuming like, oh, oh you're done. this is the file where I, I have to, if I load this file up, I'm at the beginning of that board game part. Mm-hmm. And if I want to go back and get the last few, like, 
And like they never told me. Like I wonder how many. I I fucking if you're listening to this and you didn't know and you turned it off after the board game and had no idea, please message me somewhere because I want to know if this happened to anybody else. And they're like, we're motherfucker. Like twenty five years later, you found out that you never like you did. You, you thought you beat the game. the game, but you didn't. So my, but even that like even when you beat the game, then like you're on the beach and then Tootie's like, so you got all the jigsaw pieces, right? And you're like, yeah. I missed like five, I guess. That's it. I was missing, I think, four. And I'm like, yeah. go fist yourself. Like, yeah. no, they're safe. <laughs> I don't care. At this point, it's like, yeah, you could turn off the game. But like the the clever thing is they had already started production on Banjo-Tooie when this game came out. Yeah. So what they did with the original game, like if you're playing on, on Xbox, is different. But what they did is if you got everything, they showed you like, hey, here's what happens. And like, here's some of the things you can do in the next game. Right. Yeah phenomenal yeah i truly enjoyed it so yeah so my other thing i have a big problem with and this isn't just banjo kazooie there's games that have come out today that i still have this problem with fucking swimming in some games just doesn't work and it just doesn't and i don't feel like the swimming works very well in this game at all the camera fucks you around all the time and here's my problem and i understand realism and all that kind of stuff if you're if you're gonna make your game have swimming centric parts then either either nail the controls or get rid of the need for air. Yeah, because it's like the god damn it's not it. weird to have like because all of the Mario games you don't need like those old platformers you never needed air. Right, and I understand. Oh, that's not realistic. Well, neither is a bear with a bird in its backpack. Yeah, it's a, it's a fighting a witch. Game. I just and if you are gonna make it rely on air, then make the air easy to get because the amount of times in this level, especially the one world where you're in like the dirty water with that rusty shark thing mm-hmm. uh or you have to swim down and release them the amount of times i died because i could hear one of those fucking little whistling guys down there but i can't find them and then i'm like well i gotta go get a bubble to refill my air because i'm never gonna make it back to but the like, surface and it's so hard to like and you keep missing the bubble and if you miss like twice and you then don't you have, have to like time. you have to like awkwardly maneuver the camera around yeah and then it's already in a place where you can't get it and yeah and you have to wait for the next one and you're down to like your last like little sliver of air and it's if there had been a level that was all swimming i might have quit because i it would have pissed me off so much like the the, for uh, the flying controls aren't perfect either but the difference between the flying and the swimming is i can't suffocate flying yeah so i didn't find it that bad if i miss something then it was like okay well i'll just take a a, a, it'll take a half a second to turn around and i'll try again Mm -hmm. swimming you only get about two tries at that and if you don't get one of those bubbles you die yeah god damn it that infuriated the one thing that needs like the one thing that needs to be said is in the x like in the xbox release which if you've never played this game that's the version you need to play yeah every so yeah okay I, yeah because i know where you're going with this just um everyone says the xbox version is the definitive version right because obviously they have better hardware to work with obviously all that good stuff uh dual analogs i can't imagine the playing it with one analog and those fucking really c buttons helped. Like dual analogs for the control of the camera really helps. And then there was something that I didn't know that would have made me rage quit the game. It would have. And it, as a kid, it's again, what we talk about all the time. What you had to play was what you had to play. Yeah. But so this what is what really padded out the game for me as a kid. In the original version of this game, when you collected notes, you didn't necessarily like... And that's the thing where there's a hundred in every keep, level. Yeah, you did. You had to. There was a hundred in every level, and you had to collect as much of those as you can. And if you died, let's say you have twenty notes and you die, all of the notes reset, 
and you can't collect another note until you collect 20 more notes. And so, like, they called them note scores. And I imagine, like, there's no way they did this on purpose. But I imagine it was, like, a hardware limitation of some sort. So, like, that meant that if you had 99 notes in a level and you missed one and then you died, to collect that last one, you have to collect not all 100. Oh. Like, where is it? In oh, wait, 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 wait. So, like, say you had 60 and then you die. Yeah. Because, okay, so for the for the... For the for puzzle pieces, you need when you find a puzzle, a photo, you have to plug in the right number of puzzle pieces. Then it'll open the door to a level. Mm-hmm. For the notes, there's just sealed doors throughout her castle that you obviously have to go through to continue advancing through her castle. And they'll have like a 480 mm-hmm. uh, music notes, and you need to have 480 music notes to get that door to open. But wait, so you're saying like, say you, you collected 60, then you died. The 60 you collected. You still get to keep that on you your still counter. Have the sixty okay. on the counter. Yes. I mean, it's still stupid because in this game, like if you die, anything you collected isn't even in the level anymore. But it's let's yours. say you get to a door and you're ten short. You now need to go to like another level. Totally. And let's say you got sixty in the second level. Right. You have to now go. All of the notes are reset. You have to now collect seventy instead of just going through and finding ten. Right. Whereas okay. the Xbox fix that issue yeah now which, you collect a note you have the note i almost feel like that's an even bigger fix than the dual analog yeah like because that would have just been do some of those because the game is incredibly easy off the top and then about then halfway through it there's a difficulty spike and now a couple of those levels like that fucking rusty bucket rusty thing, bucket bay has like some like it's hard it's, it's hard fucking there's hard that, there's a lot of insta kill challenges a in there. lot of them and it's all such an exploration and trial by air game and there's so many ways to die and the idea of like plugging through that fucking level and having 50 60 notes and then dying and then having to go back and get the 50 or 60 notes again mm-hmm. and that nintendo 64 controller was very easy to break and those three prongs were perfect for putting holes in drywall and stuff <laughs> and uh, it would have happened like i'm glad that i waited to play it on the xbox because that would have made me fucking mad Instead of just like, oh, I died, but the 60 I collected are gone. I have those. Yeah. Like, oh, thank fuck. Because so version- I'll tell you right now, I would not have fought your fucking witch if I had found that. <laughs> that would have fucking happened. 2D would have been like, hey, did you fight the witch? I would have been like, go fight her yourself, <laughs> fucking hot bear. The next one. Yeah, I can't, I'm gonna play. I'm looking forward to playing. I I needed a break. I can't play the same you game too what? many times. I've never play. I've never finished the second one. Okay, well we'll both have to finish it because we both have Xboxes. It's yeah. on there, and then we'll end up doing an episode of that Perfect. someday. I'm in a much better mood than I was after Mario. 44 minutes ago. Are oh, you were supposed to say the name of the game? <laughs> Fuck, sorry, it's, it's the okay. Macbeth of it'll it'll <laughs> probably already come out. It'll probably already come out. Uh, I really enjoyed this. This was amongst. I'll tell you. I've, I've mentioned it on here before, but I've gotten to go back and play games I never played before for this podcast. Stuff like Shinobi 3 I really liked, Shining Force on the Sega I really liked. This, uh, either this or Resident Evil 2 would be the best retro game I'd never played that, never played. that I played for this show. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly, and I did not, Resident Evil I expected to like. This one I didn't because I don't like Donkey Kong 64. I don't like Mario 64. I thought this is going to be fucking hell and I'm just going to do this and then I'll come on here and argue with Mark about what's wrong with Banjo-Kazooie. Thoroughly fucking enjoyed this game. Like, I'm glad the dude is in Smash. I fucking loved it. I loved this game. I wanted him in Smash for so long and I never thought it was going to happen. If if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, oh yeah, and I'm just going to call my shot right now. It's January 11th. Uh, oh, yeah. 2020 when we're recording this i don't know when that fifth character is going to get announced and i don't think it's going to be so the two characters i want are diddy kong or dixie kong uh and i want crash bandicoot 
I I feel like it's going to be something. See, the one the one I want is Dragonborn from Skyrim. I think that that's a cool character that you could do a lot with. You could do that, yeah. And you could do a cool Skyrim level. So is that your... Because I just... Is that, that your I don't prediction? know if that's my pick. I think that they're probably going to go with, like, Master Chief or someone. Master Chief would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Would that not be fucking crazy? If uh, I'm calling my shot, I'm gonna, I'm saying it's going to be Master Chief. But just, like, cut to, like, a month, a month from now, and it's going to be, like... Never even heard of that game. Yeah. Who is that? Like, yeah, can, that's it. Like, did you ever play the game Terry was from? No. No, me no. neither. <laughs> Someone that did listen to this, and they're like, you fucking... Yeah, no, we never played it. No. Um, I just... The reason I brought that up is because after seeing... After playing... Because ban- I haven't played with Banjo and Smash, because I didn't buy the DLC. I don't play okay. Smash that much anymore. But after playing Banjo-Kazooie, I'm like, dude, this guy would totally work in Smash. I and that got it me- as soon as I saw Banjo was coming. Sure. And then, you know, that's the one that got me thinking Crash Bandicoot would be a great fit in Smash. Mm-hmm. I think he would handle perfect. Uh, I, I... As a platforming junkie, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy... Between thoroughly enjoyed this game between the fact that the puzzle pieces are everywhere and they're easy you can just go get them whenever you want like odyssey with the moons and that hint of metroidvania to it where you get a new move then you can go back to areas and mm-hmm. navigating moves combined with the puzzle solving combined with the humor the bright colors the characters like the hub world is great. so like it's so cleverly arranged yeah fucking great i know that we're not the doing music yeah soundtrack like the controls were tight i I know that I said I wasn't going to score games out of 100 anymore, but it just seems fitting because there's 100 puzzle or 100 okay. music notes in every level. How many music notes would you give Banjo-Kazooie? I'm going to say with the with the Xbox One fix. Yeah. Or the Xbox fix. I'm going to say 98. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, having to, again, scoring, because I'm scoring Xbox because I haven't even played the 64. And I'm going to go with like 90 because it's going to lose some points for the fucking swimming. The, <laughs> and the, that goddamn credit thing. Mostly, <laughs> most of those points I'm taking off are for the swimming. The fucking yeah. swimming drove me fucking bananas. It just was really bad. But lots of games are still bad even today. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they're just finally figuring out. 2D swimming is fine. 3D swimming as always yeah it's it's always difficult and always weird uh good stuff thank you very much for the suggestion fucking good job thank you for thank you for having me thanks for listening guys and uh now i'll play some music and then i'll plug uh twitters and stuff all right That's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark McHugh, thank you for coming over again and talking Banjo-Kazooie with me and for the recommendation. Fucking great game. I can't wait to play Banjo-Tooie. And to all of you that listen in this week and every other week, thank you so much. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a good review somewhere. I don't know what they do, but it takes like three seconds, and I would love you forever for it if you left me a good review. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MemberTheGame. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RememberTheGame. And uh, that's good enough. That's enough plugging for this week. I'm going to shut up. I'll be, oh yeah, get your Q&A questions and stuff in because that Q&A episode is going live on Monday. I'll be recording it on Friday. So the deadline is Thursday. Can't believe I didn't fucking get those dates up, which is tomorrow, the 23rd. So get your questions and topic suggestions and stuff in and uh, keep playing video games and stay safe and stay warm or cold or wherever you are, do whatever you got to do. And I'll talk to you again in a few days. Take it easy, you guys. Cheers. (laughs) 